Every life has a story, and every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story. They are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. She walked into my office with her husband desiring to find out more about the supernatural ministry and how they can engage in loving other people and showing them the true supernatural aspect of our God. They have been Christians, they have been in a conservative church, they understood the love of God, but they haven't stepped in the full measure of the ministry. Since then, uh, when that journey began, the Lord has taken her with me on the various mission trips and on a long journey that has spanned over four years at the moment. And tonight, it is a joy to have with us a Kingdom Stories from Down Under, Grace Eberg. Welcome, Grace. Hi, Nathaniel. It's probably four or five years, I'm not sure, probably more. No, since it's 2017. 2017, so 2021, 20, I was right, four years, four years. When you came into my office with, uh, yeah, with Robert. Robert and uh, interested in the Australian School of Ministry at the time. Robert wanted to study and uh, he wanted to grow. He had a massive, massive uh, desire to understand more about, more about God because he had a heart for ministry. So Christianity wasn't enough for him for his own salvation and own, you know, mm. eternal benefit. All of a sudden, something awoke in him. When did that awakening happen in him? Well, <clears throat> I know that we, he came wanting to be a pastor. Yes. He wanted to preach the gospel. That's always in his heart, but he wanted to be equipped because, yeah. um, you know, he said, oh, I could be a chaplain at the motorcycle club that he is, you know, he belongs to. He thinks he can, but to be that chaplain, you've got to have a bit of, equipment, you know, and, and other things that he wanted to do. So that was uh, 2017. Where did it, uh, the desire start? Because you, you had been to Malaysia yeah, on a did. trip with him. Yeah, he did also. He completed actually uh, through three months of very intense, very uh, <clears throat> demanding course called the School of Ministry run by the Dongling Seminary. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the end of that course, uh, what happened was he was... Uh, he just, um, it was just incredible for him. He just, um, I think his body just gave up because um, that was the year, uh, second, the year before that he was diagnosed with um, um, incurable disease called motor neuron disease yeah. or MND. It's, uh, it's got no cure because it's, it's not been found. And, yes. um, and, Robert always thought he'll be the exception, you know. Yeah, there will be healing for him, but he, and time was short. Yeah. And uh, you know the prognosis always is was like one and a half years to seven or nine, depending on which strain it is that you call which type. So you decided to walk along with him on this journey and give him every opportunity to become equipped. Oh, for sure, I says I'll be there with you. Yeah. I'm here with you for the long haul. Um, um, you know, it's, that's that's what we are here for. I mean, I, I knew How did you find this. the Australian School of Ministry? How did you find us? All right, so when we came back, um, that was in uh, 2017, um, he looked, we, we talked about it to other people. So how can I serve here in Perth? And then somebody, uh, a gentleman, a couple at... Um, uh, this healing house that we attend on a Tuesday, uh, it's a prayer meeting. Yeah. Uh, said recommended you. So. Oh. And then after that, I found out more about it from Ross. <laughs> okay. Ross. Woods. Woods. Yes. Yeah. And uh, because he comes to my school to uh, moderate a few things with me in in, in the music education program yeah. that we we take from him. Wonderful, wonderful. Mm. Well, I am glad that we began this journey. Yes. And, uh, you know, obviously, since then, we've journeyed quite uh, closely and also with the church and with the mission trips.
but we're going to rewind a little bit back, uh, a little bit about yourself. You were born in Malaysia. Yeah. How many siblings? In, no, I was born in Ipoh. Ipoh? <laughs> nice. <laughs> a beautiful place. And yeah. when things settle, I think you should come and visit. I will. And, and I'll take you. We were going to go to Kuala Lumpur last year, but yes, COVID hit. Then we actually had booked, you know, to be I there. I know, yeah. 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 I was going to have a family vacation there. For sure. I think it will happen one day. Well, we've been part of the mission trip to KL, yes, but just yes. briefly, you know. Yeah. It's about... yeah. Okay. So, born in Ipoh, yeah. how many siblings? Uh, four. Uh, I have three. Uh, four of us, four girls. I'm the, I'm the third. Okay. Yeah. We were one in a Christian family, and I okay. realized after a bit of research that we are the fourth generation, I thought it was third, but fourth generation Christians oh, uh, wonderful. in Malaysia. Um, my... So, your parents migrated from China? No, no, no. Great grandparents. Great grandparent. Okay. I thought it was just my grandfather, but it had turned out to be my great grandfather, who was already a Christian in China. Whoa. Well, that was in the early nineteen hundreds. That was quite new news for me too. But, uh, but then my my grandfather, so I was a Christian who was a schoolmaster. Yes. In a town called Kampar, another mining town. It, that that town has flourished tremendously, and but at that time he was. Uh, you know, in, in the in the schoolmaster as well as he loved the Bible. He just yeah. and he became a lay preacher of the yes. Chinese Methodist Church Wonderful. in Gamla. Um and he, he was quite a person that uh, did a lot for the for the community for that church. Apparently, he was very active in that role. So you've got pretty good heritage there. We, we heritage as in Christian heritage. Yeah. yeah, we had a lot of values and culture and and all that. Drumming to us from young. So both mom and dad. Yeah, mom was from the Brethren Gospel Hall uh-huh. from the other church. But when they got married, yeah, they're Christians. My mom's my mom's father was and my mother, uh, my grandma, they were very strong Christians. Okay. Absolutely. I think that has been drummed. So you to grew us. up in Malaysia. At the time it wasn't that a strong Muslim nation. It was more um I mean Christianity wasn't persecuted, was it? No, not at all. No. no impossible and it was just easy everybody could be what they are and for Ipoh I thought I had very nice friends uh, um, you know Malay Chinese Indian friends you know we didn't think much of that at that time Um, okay for example we would go for Sunday school every Sunday my parents would just leave us on the bus yeah. My boss would pick us up, and then my sister, younger sister and I, we always do everything together. You know, yeah. there's two two of us always hang out together, and off we went to Sunday school, which was also in in Methodist girls' school. It was it was my school, while yeah. they go off to another church. Mm. So it just left us to go on this bus. <laughs> I thought it's so trusting, and I think come to think about it, you know, the, that's good. Yeah, just picked us up and off we went. So what's your first memory of childhood? Four, five, six. I think um, when when we were, when we moved to this house, it was a much bigger house and probably six years old. Um, and our grandparents came to live with us, and they were from Kampa, and they moved up because they're in the seventies. And my parents is okay, uh, you know, it's lovely having your grandparents, and they lived downstairs while we all were upstairs. Yes. And I always remembered my memory of my granddad was. It was just pouring hours and hours on uh, reading the Bible, or in at night he would be just seeing a little lamp on, and you know he would just love the commentaries and the concordance. Yeah, uh, he he was a schoolmaster who, who taught English, I suppose, because later on when I met a classmate of him, yes, who went to Penang Free School with him many years later, uh, it was in Jogobaru, and he said, "Your grandfather has incredible penmanship." And I could see it in some of his books and his writings. Yes. And in the Bible of Concordance, we would make notes and incredible. The penmanship is just impeccable. Calligraphy. Yes, it's incredible. And I, I think for him, but he always wanted to learn about the Bible. And he would, I remember, you know, ordering a tricycle, we call it. You know, yes. And he would go head down, downtown to Ipoh and go to Le Broy House, it's a Christian bookshop, the yes. best and the only one. But and he would order all these commentaries because I didn't know at that time, but now I inherited some of them. Yes. And and in that time he would have spent hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And it was big money at that time. He would of just course. go for it. and when he ordered them and when they arrived in the house, I remembered looking at them and then my father said, <laughs> "Wow." Oh. 
So that was my granddad. And, uh, and school-wise, what school did you attend? Uh, Methodist school, school Methodist. You had to. I suppose all my all my siblings, my sisters were all there. That was natural. I was only in the primary school because after that, my my parents uh, moved down to Johor Bahru. Okay, my close dad, to Singapore. My dad and mom, yeah, yeah. So it was probably work wise, and then so so relocated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just next to Singapore. Teenage then, years? How were they? Oh, I was only um, eleven years old. Yeah, still in the primary school. Mm -hmm. So I continued there. And, um, Big change for you? Yes, yes and no, because, you know, at that time when you're evil, a big change in terms of, oh, the food here is weird, it's changed. <laughs> yeah. It's common. But I think, um, I th for me, I think we had a lot of cousins growing up, you know. Yeah. Dad was the only son of my granddad, so a lot of cousins would come at every opportunity of birthdays or big you know, Christmas celebration. or a celebration, and they would come to our house in evening mm -hmm. because you know that would be nice. And I had all these cousins around me. So when we moved down, I think that part had um, that that was lacking. I think only much later that I thought, oh, let's you know reestablish some of that. That will bring us back now and then to evening. Were you close to your sisters, uh, the older and the younger, or yes, mainly the younger one? I suppose uh, <laughs> in that Ipoh house, it was a rather large house. But uh, for me, when I was young, it was large. But we only had all of our girls. We were all in one, it's just in one big bedroom together. Yes. You know, we all just slept. You could hear everybody, you know, talk at night or what, what my older sisters would be, you know, yeah. dreaming of. And it, we were all in just rolled together, but we all did separate beds, but all in one. I thought it was a quite unusual, come to think of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was a, a house renovated for my grandparents and a study and a piano room and. Stuff like that. So I I had learned the piano. My mother made sure that we had lessons, you know. Yeah. And that's quite common. And I think that I, I took that all took that all the way, mm. you know, for me. And that's part of has been a strong part of my life already. You know? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Any um, rebellious period in your teenage years? Did you try anything? I don't know, boys, alcohol, uh, parties. What do you think? <laughs> well, I don't want to think. <laughs> I don't want to go there. You, yeah, I, I think you should yeah. go there. Yeah. I, 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 Actually, I, I want to go there. Okay, okay. I think let's go there because the answer, short answer is, of course, no. Because you know, um, I don't know why. I come to think of it as I, I thought when you invited me, you might ask me this. I thought so. I was reflecting. You what? listened to too many kingdom stories before, eh? You, you came prepared. Most people don't come prepared. Oh, really? It's not fair. You came prepared. Yeah, You've because seen this I was. Before. Yeah, because I you. you it's, it can't be helped because he said, you must all listen to the kingdom stories. And I, I think I, I have done a few of them. It's quite amazing. Yeah. But what I want to say is, from young, I didn't understand why I always showed up in church. I was always available, even when I was young. Yeah. And then I had a, always had a commitment. Mm -hmm. So much so that even at a young age, the church would say, um, oh, Grace, since you're coming, you, you should be the evangelism chairman. <laughs> Yeah. And I was only about 13 years old. All right. Another time, oh, you should do worship. I mean, you take that portfolio, that apartment. So you're very musical? Yes. I, 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 I yes. When did you I start playing music? Uh, at six or seven years old. We learned piano lessons and we just learned it, you know. All of you? Yeah. Um, all the girls, we, mom and dad put us through lessons. Nice. Yeah. And was music something you enjoyed? Or you just did it because you had to do it? I enjoyed it all the time, mostly. Uh, it is only when I, you see, but when, when you know the family is watching TV in the next room, all of them are, and because I had to practice piano in the, in the study, and mom had to put a timer, yeah. and only when the timer rings, Finished. I can get up from this chair. That was when I was a bit upset. You know? That was the only time. Yeah. Uh, and I think, but somehow that instilled that discipline even without the time, I would just go over and, and just keep playing. Yeah. Um, it was only at that time when I wanted to be with the family next next room. So I can only remember that time when I was just upset. I didn't want to play anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I just sat there. I, I thought I did, but you know. But other than that, it was just continuously the discipline just went on and I kept going as far as I could yeah. think of, uh, of going. And it was actually a dream that I wanted to be involved in music education. Yeah. So is that what you pursued when you finished yeah, your 12? I did. 
um, a few other things I did the licentiate first, the diploma, then in music, in music, yeah, in KL or in no, no, no in Singapore. Um, oh, Singapore. It was called the Trinity College. So when did you move to Singapore? I didn't. Uh, oh yeah, um, my parents were always in JB. It doesn't take long. It doesn't hard to get there. It just yeah, yeah, across the border. So, yeah. so you you went to college in Singapore. You you can just do it externally. Okay, so yeah. travel every day. Um, across the border. Yeah. Is it's not something you yeah I would be teaching to just to get enough money to get, yeah so that is an uh, external exam you just oh it's a in the distance exam and, distance yeah. learning yeah yeah you you get teachers and things so you began began teaching music at an early age yeah very early age I was just teaching or playing for money yeah <laughs> I used to play at a ballet school for for money it was three dollars an hour fantastic for that time. Well, if you play for an exam, it's six dollars an hour. That's nice, it's pretty good. But it had really helped my sight reading because I had to play anything that moves. You know, yeah. As long as they move, I have to play, and that and anything that they they throw in front of me, I have to play. Yeah. So in in that sense, it really took my sight reading to another level. Okay, wonderful. Mm -hmm. So then you did a diploma in music, or yes. a, and then you went to university. Yeah, I did a Trinity licentiate, and then I went to Australia. I wanted to be in Australia. At that time, it was called the New South Wales Conservatorium of Music. Oh. Yeah, it was um, it was a, a bachelor's of music education that I got in. And it was a dream. It was four years. And I really, whatever I learned, and I had made so many new friends. I was the only, like, foreigner, you know, in, in, I made so many interesting friends who I really loved life so much. And I think if, if ever I've... Um, Whatever I put to practice was everything I have actually learned because it was something I enjoyed doing. Yeah. So you um, you moved to Australia or you just came as a student to Australia? As a student. Okay. Yeah, yeah it was a student. And uh, that was in Sydney? Yeah, Sydney Conservatorium of Music. Okay. So four years as an international student in Sydney? Yes. Challenging? Um, Yes. Um, you stayed on campus. No. Uh, yes and no because we there's no campus. Uh, but we stayed at what, what I called uh, they're called Deaconess House, which is part of more theological college, okay. <laughs> which is in Sydney, the grounds of Sydney University, just next yeah. to it. Yeah, if you know that place. Okay. So that was really nice because it was a Christian environment, and because I had no money, uh, they were able to. Um, uh, employed me as like a cook or breakfast cook. You know, there was a job for a breakfast cook and I put up my hand and said, okay, you can do it. <laughs> but you had to wake up at like like 5 a.m. to do the eggs or to, to put everything out and get yeah. everything ready. So that was interesting and I, I managed to, you know, they, they paid pretty well. Yeah, they there, there were many, at that time, many, many middle part-time jobs you can do. You could be a page turner, yeah. door opener for artists, you know, wow. in, in for concerts. Box oh. office, a whole bunch of jobs. There's a lot of events. Heaps for, for the school. Nice. Did you love Sydney? Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Every minute. I had family there. I, I still do. My uncle, my aunt, my, my cousins. So you and you visited a lot. Oh, I, I stayed with them for the first year. And okay. After that, it was much nearer for me to stay in Sydney. And sightseeing. I think I was a good student. I had to practice six hours a day, on the average. But sometimes two is fine enough. So I hardly go anywhere. Yeah. Were you been, obsessed a little bit with studies? Yeah, with, with practicing, you know, because you had to do two concerts a term. Or, okay. And, so was yeah. it just the piano or something else as well? Part of music education is quite rigorous. You have to do performance as one of them. And because I like to do it better than them, so I had to practice a bit more and I had a good teacher. Um, and part of uh, the other things are like practice teaching and a whole bunch of other studies and mm -hmm. you know, psychology and a whole bunch of things. It was fun. Um, we were sent out to teach in all sorts of high schools. It's music? Music, yeah. Because this was a, a, com a combined degree, wasn't it? Music uh, and education. Education. Yeah. Were you going to church during this time? Oh, yeah. We went, yeah, I did. And there was a very strong youth uh, movement as mm -hmm. well. Um, would call overseas Christian. I wasn't that active. I, I, it's very well organized in Sydney. Mm -hmm. So I think because I was so active in when I was young in Malaysia, in the youth, 
yeah. leadership thing. And that has, uh, I would say, I had a lot of good mentors in my life when I was young. Wonderful. And I always thought about them as somebody, I always thank God and said, those people were in my life at the right time. Yes. To help me out with this and that, you know. Beautiful. I know because I was, I, I said, okay, I'll be this person. I'll, okay, I'll be the president of this group or I'll, yeah. or I'll do the leadership of this. Yeah. And, or they appoint you and then there were mentors set aside for me to grow. Mm -hmm. So that had been that, that growth spiritually. Yes. Some of them I thought, oh, those were a lot of words, <laughs> righteousness, but that was part of the growth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, a lot of people thought well of me or, oh, you can do that. Or, yeah. And after that, I think when I was in Sydney at that time, I was more alone, like, oh, this is, I gotta get the real person out. <laughs> this is not, you know, there are other things I need to be there and so on. So, on. so were you really yourself? Did you know your identity yeah, or were you looking, growing into yeah. it? The course will, if not, this course will help you too because it's yeah. more cultural about, and I have to get this cultural identity and I've got this um, psycho educational psychology. And a lot of times, you won't believe it, but I did a lot of, uh, much later, emotional intelligence, which is one yeah. of the things I really was interested in. Yeah. Uh, that was much later, but it was also talked about at that time. Yes. And I, the, the depth that I went to it was for a paper that I, I did. At, wow. Uh, I think it was much later for my the master's degree. So it was only one of them because boys, there was boys didn't enter your life at the time yeah i suppose the classmates and so on. no but dating it, no it didn't work out that way i suppose it was you kept yeah. away you kept yourself no i wouldn't say that no it, it came much later i think okay things developed but you were focused on your I studies was, yeah too focused i was a bunch of friends and yeah i didn't have anybody Okay. So what happened after uni? Did um, you stay I, in Australia or you went back to Singapore? Yeah, I stayed for a bit and then, you know, went back, of course, Singapore to, um, there, you know, there were some, some problems at home, so I had to come home and after that, it was automatic to, to work in Singapore because it's where I was and I and I ended up in, in this school that, uh, you know, <laughs> For at least thirteen years of my life, I was their music teacher. I yes. looked after this music department and designed the course for them. Um, it is one of the top schools, uh, primary schools in Singapore, where it's a very prodigious school with produced a lot of wonderful entrepreneurs and wonderful. whatnot. And even the music scene uh, is incredible. There are a lot of leaders in that, a lot of businessmen and um, and a lot. I, I would say some of the students I had at that time are now in their 40s and you know because <laughs> it makes you a bit young <laughs> <laughs> you know sometimes you know nowadays with facebook they can find you and that's and, right and they dropped me a one one of them is this is the top one she's hit this this this, this student it's called keys i'm very proud of him yes because he's gone way above me way beyond and he's at richmond uh because long ago at that time there was a scholarship for from the American school, and because I recommended him, his life just completely um, took off. Took off there, and he did. Now he's in, in, the, in the orchestras. He plays in, in the church. He plays. He does everything. What does composes. he play? I think he's a pianist. He's a keyboardist, but he does everything. You know. Wonderful. So I would say, Keith Tan, you've done me so proud. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, and, and a whole bunch of other people I, I can't say, but I know. But they, it, it is one of those kind of schools where. A lot of nurturing has gone into it. I'm very proud of the, the, the... I think I'm always someone who updates and make sure the system works. And, yeah. You know, so very committed to, to the job, to the uh, career. Not getting married still. You're in your mid-20s, late-20s? Oh, yeah. I would say... Um, I suppose there was some a lot, a lot of interest there, but you know, nothing... I was so committed to the school, and but there were also other people in, in, in my life. But it wasn't to be, I think, that uh, didn't turn out that way, which is for the better, much better. And I think after 13 years, when I left it, just before year 2000, I remembered, um, I, I had 
I, I never knew anything else but that kind of life, you know, in an institution. And I remember having this bunch of keys in my hands that I had held for all these years. And I didn't want to give them up, you know. It was so hard. And then they had to come to my house and collect it. I said, you want it? Come back. It was so weird. Yeah. And I never feeling of separation. Of, of, it was of your identity. Just, yeah. And on the reflection, I, I wished I had maybe stepped away from that even earlier. Yes. Yeah, because it allowed me to pursue other things, which is which is what I did after yeah. that. And I won't believe I did the masters, and after that I started. So um, you went and did the masters after after those years. Yes. In Singapore now. No, no, that was uh, it was an opportunity that provided itself from the National Arts. And in I, Australia. Uh, no, it was um, in the Philippines. In the Philippines. Mm. So you traveled there, or you did a via distance? I did. I, I did it there for one and a half years. So you went to the Philippines for yes. one year. Yeah, I've lived there. In where? What what in in Manila or yes. just outside Manila? UP Quezon City. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. The life there was just. That's beautiful. Yeah, I had a good time. Well, you well traveled much more than I knew. Yeah, but it was a different life culture actually. It was just amazing. It was just different. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was happy. Yeah, they are quite happy people, aren't they? The yeah. Filipinos. But the music, the sound of music, the level was, I, I must say, is uh, what we went to was rigorous. Because yeah. They were still stuck with the, uh, the old Spanish and American way of literature. And so there was one very uh, pedantic about things and it should be done this way. And, and it helped me a lot. Yeah. I remember doing my thesis, You're very regimented. Yeah. Very regimented. For them. You are. Already. Yeah, aren't you? You're quite disciplined. This, and because of the uh, the thesis I had to write, and it was one which is what do you call that research, um, experimental pre and post and all that, and that helped my uh, one of those things. And that's when I remembered, I thought uh, I could do something with EQ. But at that time, I and and the reason I didn't was because I thought there's no sense of measurement. How are you going to measure? Yeah. Yeah. Impossible. So okay. Forget it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it's something you feel you can't measure it, and, yeah. and there's no one has come up well, you with have to feel it, but measurement. It's <laughs> subjective for, for for those areas. So. Okay, back to the. I think all that. I, I started the company in two thousand. I remember at the end of a period called SARS, you know, because you yeah. can't talk, you can't, you know. I do choirs, you can't sing. Nobody knows what happened. You can't even go out. So that's when I registered for a company and I called it Music Smart. It yes. wasn't taken, you know, it was a, certainly in Singapore, it was a company and I, and that company was to, for me to allow me to design programs. At that time, the music program uh, for the niche market was set, uh, was primary school, young children. And that's where it all should start. And then later on, it, it, I, we started developing programs for speech and drama and dance for other people. And it, as we worked together to, and it just took on a life of its own. And I thought, oh, I could have done this earlier. Wonderful. Mm. Is that program still being run somewhere? It would have been, but that's because currently pandemic, it's just all had to stop. It was just run last year, in fact. Um, one of them that did it. The one in music died its own death because I was running it, because I was here in Perth and it was there. So, uh, but the, the other two, well, so how did you come back to Australia? What happened after Philippines? All right, so you came back to Singapore. Yeah, so I started this company. That was when I think yeah. Robert came into my life, and so how did that happen? Well, this is a question you should ask Robert because when he tells it, it's I'd love to. It's it's you know it's so more interesting. It's so more romantic because when I tell it, I will tell you. Okay, we met. Facts. Yeah, we met as a matter of fact at the airport, and then he was going somewhere else, going somewhere, and then he said. You know, he was sort of, it was at a time when, you know, we chatted and then, they, you know, when you give up business cards, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was common to do that because I had business. Yeah, yeah. So, was, LinkedIn wasn't around. Yeah. So we just gave business card. And then I think that was for him, that was, wow. Okay. I, and after when he came. So you met in the airport. Yeah. That yeah. Nothing happened for me. Just randomly. Just chat, you know. Were you queuing for the same flight or? No, different, different. He was, I think, on, on his way to Germany. And how did you cross yeah, into each other? Yeah, sometimes in transit lounge or something. You know, okay. Late. And so the, the fact was that, you know, chatted. For him, it was, oh. She gave me her yeah, card. Yeah, interesting. It's a sign. Yeah. I, I think for him, it meant something when he saw me. I just tell you, it's better if he tells you the story because I have not. 
And I said, okay, I do this, 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 that, and that. But I think after that, he followed up a lot. And he rang you? Yeah, rang. And every week there's a, there's a, there's a letter or there's a card. And of course, there was a phone call. And I thought it was weird. But every year, every week there's a phone call or every one or two calls. I think the one day when he called, I just came home from a, from a long day and had rehearsals, choir rehearsals, and I was really tired. So he rang and says, guess what? I'm cooking stir-fried beef, this. I said, oh, wow. You're cooking. I, he said he's cooking. Yeah. So that was in Australia. And he said, oh. I said, I wish you could cook for me. I said, that was my turn. I, I think that was like you when I did. Yeah. Perhaps I was tired and hungry, and I said, I, and then I think I paid more attention to this. I was looking forward to the calls and the letters. It was relentless. It was cards and calls. And I think he was quite certain. Yeah. And then more certain when he realized I was a Christian. Okay. He, he was really, also Christian. He was a Christian for sure, but he really wanted a partner who was a Christian. I think that was the clincher for him. Mm-hmm. And we knew, I mean, he knew, he knew that. And, and then for me, he... I suppose being a Christian is very important in my life. Yeah. And and I think he, anybody who meets him will like him straight away. He's such a... I, I wish you had met him when he was... When, when he was... Uh, the best. You know, adventurous. He was just funny. Oh, he made me laugh a lot on the phone calls. And that's, you know, that's given. So then he came to... He came to visit. To Singapore yeah. to visit. Yeah. And straight away, we just caught on like... Um, like I've known him forever, you know. Um, so he was very certain um, about it, and I think I was the one who was yes, no, okay. Because at the time I was already a, a PR in Australia, but I just needed an excuse to just be there. <laughs> no be better, honest, no better excuse. No better excuse than this, you know. I I, I had five years to to make up my mind. This is almost near nearly there, or something like that. So I was already at that stage. So. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. And I think, um, yeah. He proposed? Oh, yes. It's quite incredible. I knew he was doing going to do that so, because he was so restless and I, it was in Christmas time. He did it in a cable car in Singapore. Do you know what Beautiful. it is? Yeah. It is from, you know, to Sentosa. Sentosa. He joked about it later. And in his speech, he said, it's either you say yes or out you go. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was his way of being funny. I, I don't recall seeing this at that time. I was so nervous, and I said, "Oh, you know." But I think later on, I think I, I remember it was over a balcony that I said, "Okay, sure. let's do it." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did it you get married in Singapore or in Perth? All right, no. Um, we we got registered. We had, we had um, what do you call that in in Perth? Uh, Civil marriage. Uh, what do you call that person that marries? Mary celebrant. Yeah, celebrant. Uh, in in the in the council this, office. Yeah, in the office. Yeah, yeah. that was a very clear cut. Uh, and yeah. a week later, very official. Yeah, two weeks later or a week later, it was the church, church. the church ceremony, which is in Malaysia. In a so you travel to Malaysia to yeah. be together with the family, of yeah. course. Because all my family would come from the yeah. UK, yeah, yeah. Uh, and all my cousins would come from Malaysia, and then and it was more for me, I think, mm-hmm. because I know my the rest of my life I will be in in Perth. So that was more for my family, and my church family, my business family, my cousins, my relatives. Oh, it was all mine. Yeah. Mine. Like for me, <laughs> finally, Grace is getting married. It was it was in my forties at that time. Wow! And all your sisters have were already married. Says, yeah. So you were the only one that didn't tie the knot until over forty. Yeah, I would say I had various other people, but not. Yeah. So you moved to Australia. My first with Robert. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've lived with him and yeah, it was blissful. Um, Nathaniel, it was actually very fulfilling mm-hmm. for, I think I can say, for the two of us. Um, for him and me, I think we have the same goals. It's not hard to not be blissful about it. Uh, you know, God was important. Yeah. Um, he's very adventurous. He would uh, take his bike out uh, with at speeds I can't disclose to you. Of course. <laughs> but he would take me out. And I love the bike rides with him because yeah. they were just because um, he loves me 
to have me up, you know, with him when the, when the weather's good. And he yeah. said, oh, let's take the bike to church. Okay. <laughs> oh, helmet hair day <laughs> or something, you know. It's fine. He just loves it. Yeah. Uh, it's, anything he can fix, you know, he's so good with, with, with everything. that He can just pick up anything. He can fix anything which is broken. Wonderful. What was his job? He um, repairs, looks up the generators and he... So engineering? Yeah, yeah. Generator, any any big generators. It's, it's a lot of heavy lifting. Was he flying fly out or was he in town? Oh, at one time he was. Mm -hmm. At one time when he, the time when he met me, he was actually five foot. I didn't know what it meant at that time because that <laughs> allowed him to visit me in the Singapore. And spend time with you. Yeah, he said he would have one suitcase packed and would come back pick up the other one and off to Singapore for two weeks. And then come back and, and come go back, straight to work. work. And then come. And that Pattern opportunity could only happen if he did FIFA. Yeah, th yeah. There's only way that he could court me yeah. in Singapore. How long was the courting? I can't remember. Not too long because okay. it was every two weeks. So you settled in Australia well? I think so because I was quite used to this place. Yeah, I had and you started work. Yeah. You started and work. And then the following year, I got married. Yeah, I, I I got a full time job the next year in two thousand and eight, I believe. It was in music. I, yeah, I look after the music department at, at this college, Christian College. Where you still are now? Uh, no, I gave that up uh, twenty seventeen when Robert passed. I already attended my uh, resignations already much before that. Of course, on hindsight, I had. I wish I had done it earlier. So, uh, and then obviously, um, how long in your marriage? Seven, eight years in your marriage before he was diagnosed with motor neuron? Yeah. Um, maybe a couple of years back. Mm -hmm. Can I just go back a year to sure. when I was... Uh, 2014, for some reason, uh, a, a car accident um, because uh, of the nature of this, I had to go for full x-rays after that. It picked up uh, a sort of a, a little growth, it wasn't much at my lung, so that was, in 2015, I finally had the operation done. I wasn't going to because it didn't feel anything. You know? yes. And finally the surgeon said, right, the year before 2014, rang my husband and said, your wife's got to come in now because, you know, I was just too busy to go, you know. When finally I did, he says, let's schedule the, the surgery. I said, oh, but I rebooked tickets from Malaysia. We'll do it after. So it all happened in, in 2015. And I thought I'll be fine because I didn't... Was it quite a tough, uh, deep surgery? It was a very invasive? Uh, if you think about it, it would be because it would be called a lobectomy. Mm -hmm. They took... I didn't think it, they would take my the upper lobe, but they have, mm -hmm. because it was malignant. But it was at a very early stage of uh, lung cancer. And I'm, for a non-smoker and non-environment that smokes, maybe in the past, I can't tell. But... Apparently, it does do exist. Yes. In, in some studies have shown a, a funny pattern. And because it was such an early stage, and it's staged 1B, I have uh, some options of not, uh, I mean, an informed choice not to go into chemotherapy. Yeah. And so they watched me. The surgeon was wonderful. He watched me for about five years. And early this year, uh, he said, you're free to, you're, you're free to go. Hallelujah. I don't have to see him again. And it was delayed because, you know, there was also a problem. When, when, when it happened with Robert the following year, I, I, didn't, I didn't have time to attend to my, You're wrong. Yeah, yeah. my own uh, appointments. So 2015, 2016, this is the, probably the darkest patch of, uh, it wouldn't be a patch, it was like almost 15, 16, 17, uh, darkest time in my life. Um, so he was diagnosed in 2016 in June, I remember. Did you know at the time what motor neuron meant? We didn't know. He didn't know. In fact, though, okay, it was Friday, but Monday he went in to check out why his carpal tunnel surgery he had was not getting well. So he was scheduled into the same neurologist who said, oh, come back 
or test on yeah. Friday. We'll do the ETS. We've just electrical charges and so on. And he says, but I suspect it's MN. You know, it, it, I don't know why he said that. The minute he said that, he, he sort of went home. I said, what is MN? He went to search as always. Yes. And I remember very clearly on Monday, I, I just happened to bring home at lunchtime, which sometimes I know he went to see the doctors. Yes. And he says, it was, he was in tears. And he said to me, um, I don't want to leave you. <laughs> because, you know, when you Google. go to Google, yeah. MN is, tells you the worst. Yeah, motor neuron. Already, it was a suspicious that it could, you know, he had the symptoms. He didn't know what happened to his torso. Yes. And of course, you know, in January, they had, he didn't understand why it comes and goes. He kept telling this, this hand, but it was one of the early signs. Yes. He says, and the carpal tunnel didn't repair itself. And of course, he felt a bit, and the GP sent him for um, physiotherapy because his torso was a bit, uh, had no strength. Yeah. All these, I, we couldn't tell, you know, when, when actually finally you're diagnosed with this. On so on Monday, he says, Intias, I don't want to leave you. <laughs> so I said, no, no, it won't be that. And then so on Friday, I came with him. And it was pronounced after a series of tests. And he, I, I didn't think he was really that kind. He was just, as a matter of fact, he just announced that it is going to be this motor neuron. But I'm going to ask you to, we're going to refer you to a specialist at Fiona Stanley. Yeah. Which I thought would be just you know next week, but it took three months for that appointment to happen. Yeah. So it was June. Only in September we saw uh, the top neurologist. You understand? And the verdict was pretty. He, yeah, deep. of course it confirmed it. Mm -hmm. He already confirmed it. So what did I say to him? You can get anywhere from two to eight years. Um, yes, two to seven, depending on that uh, the type you had. So at first he was going well. Mm -hmm. So. But at that time, I realized, Robert, we need to give up work because this is heavy lifting for you. And we agreed, you know, on there. Uh, he agreed July, I think we, we went off again for a holiday. So that's it, no more working. I think from then on, he So where did you go on the holiday? Back to Malaysia? Always Malaysia at yeah. that time because, you know, mm -hmm. we had our own place. And, and was, was his uh, health deteriorating gradually, slowly, or how... Awkward was this uh, in, disease? In June, July, I think it wasn't so pronounced. Mm -hmm. It was just early. Um, it, I know when he was, it was pronounced in June, he was by a death sentence, you know. But um, I was busy looking for cures <laughs> online, vitamins and this yeah, and that. And he was busy looking at the Bible. He didn't bother. Oh, he was getting ready. In, in another way. Yeah. And he was leading he, people he, to the Lord. And, and he just took... He so just he took, channeled all his energy yeah, into he didn't the Lord. With, and just took the vitamins just to please me. Yeah. Because I, and I have a bunch of vitamins, a bunch of packets for them on Monday. And this. it was going to work for a little bit because he wants things to be normal. Yeah. And that's something about Robert. He doesn't let on more than I should know yeah, throughout yeah. the entire time. He kept it. And, and he was wearing, you know, he was wearing jeans. He wants to wear this. And, you know, it was hard to wear. It was a little normal. Yeah. I said, look, you can't do this job anymore. And, I, and we understood. And that's how he started the school as well. Yeah. To, to gain deeper understanding. Yeah. And he did amazing, amazing yeah. job with the school because his work was outstanding. Mm. His written work was outstanding. Mm. Even his sermon when he preached. Mm. Yeah. It was and good. I mean, well, we had to give him feedback as you do. Yeah. But he was amazing. Like he was. Mm. I was there. And We've, I think it was beautiful that he got to do all of those. Yeah. And of course, part of the school, he had to, for two of the subjects, for Christian ministry and also for discipleship, he had to write a journal for six weeks. Yeah, oh, I, I was going to bring that journal. I have one here. Yeah, this should be in your library. Yeah. Because it... Would even, you like to hold it even, while we talk? Would you like one? I have it here. I should have brought it. Yeah. I will give it to you. Just It's here in my drawer. It's that close to me. Yeah. Um, as part of his school of ministry, there you go. he had to do a it's journal. diary of Robert Eden. Yeah, he had to do a journal writing. And I remember every day, every morning he would wake up, what shall I write today? 
and now if he goes in the tent on his laptop and da 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 and every morning he would just do that and then um then we'll, we'll have breakfast together usually and then I, that was our pattern and then i'll just go off um, some days i have a late start and three days a week we have someone coming in from the association to help, to help you yeah that was, uh, and so every morning he would be Typing, typing yeah something that he, from his heart it was very natural he was not yeah and i think whatever that comes to his mind he would just type and the words yeah. would just come because it's so real for oh, him oh great role of course yes and then sometimes he would have this he can't sleep and it would be this dream and then he would just say what is this yeah he was searching he was i could see the presence of god in him yeah every day and and i, I and i just watch him every night he would just read the bible and then pray and then go can you? I said, can you read it for me too? No, you got to read it yourself, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I always I wanted something he had. You know? Yeah. And he had this beautiful um, presence of God that had no fear. That's right. Of death. Says, doesn't matter. I know where I'm going. I remember him saying, "Doesn't matter." Okay, I remember him saying, "This is it." And I remember he, where it was when he was saying, and I said, "No, this isn't it." <laughs> I'm always my yeah. expectations are always quite different. And I, I did work on it. Yeah. This, is, this is not it. Um, but I said, but he knew. But yet he had faith that you'd be the exception, that God would just raise him, you know? yeah. that God would just heal him. And, um, and that was his, our faith, and that faith was real. Yeah. Yes, he was he's totally healed, completely healed. And, but... Um, God has a different purpose for him and for me, you know. Yeah. How difficult was it for you when you found out that he passed away? It was. Uh, now I realize it's called. It's trauma. It's traumatic because I yeah. found him on the floor. It's a massive gap. Well, you found him, yeah. Yeah. You I, came from school. I came from back from work, and I was annoyingly delayed by some traffic. And also by a couple of things, I was getting ready for the five-year concert, and um, I I didn't understand. I just said goodbye. I didn't say goodbye in the morning. Yeah. Normally I would. And that day I didn't. We didn't kiss goodbye. You know, nothing. So it was very unusual. Every day I would, except that morning. Yeah. <laughs> and so I uh, found him on the floor and on this rug. It was just sleeping like that, you know, so No peaceful. struggle, no struggle, no, no sign. No, nothing. Just sleeping as you normally, normally sleep with his hands like that, with his head, just like that, you know. And when you saw him on the floor, did you know that he would have gone or you thought he had a fall? No, I, 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 I just had to do CPR and uh, when I rang emergency, they said, do this, keep counting. And I was praying, I keep counting. I just stopped, don't stop counting. And I was praying and counting. Until they finally came, uh, the paramedics came and took over, and they did some more um, CPR. Uh, CPR and defibrillation. Yeah, defibrillation. And I was just praying that God, you would just, you know, because there was uh, some strange prophecy that said he will, you know, he will be healed by an electric shock. I said, come on, keep going. Says, and then finally, I said, um, we need to bring him to Royal Perth, and. Um, just look quite good and so they they took him that was the last i saw him in the house was there any pulse at any stage i didn't check i just kept going they never said they never said yeah was he revived no 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 but i was able to trace back uh the last to the to the laptop the last entry of what he yeah. was doing it was two to 33 or something. Yeah. Uh, what I think now that I know happened was his diaphragm, all that while has been highly compromised. Sure. Although he looked quite normal, you looked at him and- But the on the inside, the, yeah. the chest. The, the, yeah, it's the chest with the diaphragm. The lungs gave, gave up. Uh, that's the what happened, or the thoracic, the cardiothoracic area. But that's what happens, you suffocate with on your lungs. Yeah. Um, I did ask uh, my cardiothoracic surgeon because one I was coming, I was you know visit with Robert and he said he explained something to me that was of huge comfort because when he passed, I remember going back to my appointment and said, look, 
he would have without it was would have been painless. Yeah. You know? And that was the most comforting thing he said to me. But when I, you know, I just couldn't believe it. I thought he would just jump up. But the thing about this is I carried a huge guilt. Yeah. And that was because I wasn't at home when the time he needed me most. That that burden was absolutely I carried even for a long time till only recently because I thought if I were home I would have the power. Yeah. To keep him alive, mm. he'll be alive till now, and I won't have to be by alone by myself and no one to talk to. I still thought that, you know, by me being there, which it happens quite well, like, okay, come on, let's do some ventilation, let's put a machine on now. He doesn't quite like it, but you know, we have to keep yeah. putting the home ventilation on. That was be something he had to do. Again, I didn't see a lot of things, and I had this guilt for a long time. Only until recently, the concept of substitution of what Christ did on the cross, that he has taken all that condemnation, all that rejection, all that burden, and given us this incredible, you know, life, that the everlasting life, which Robert has stepped into. And I, 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 I understood that burden, that all that we deserved, yeah. that he actually died on the cross for. And why am I carrying this burden mm. as the Christ that wasn't good enough for me? And that took a while. I knew in my head, but I, it didn't get to my heart. That journey took a long time, yeah. <laughs> as it always. Um, so I'm only too recently after I realized I can't carry this burden of guilt. This, I can't, I can't go on yeah. if I keep doing that. Although I, I love you so much, mm. you mean the world to me. You can't be the most important person in my life, you know. Whereas, is someone asked me, you know, funny things. People ask me strange things when you're grieving, you know. Now I realize, can be quite insensitive, and yeah. and you're already heightened. Your sensitivity is heightened. Everything just just uh, bothers you. And I remember it was a pastor who asked me, uh, do you love Robert more than you love God? Mm. And that was very confronting because I know the short answer. Of course I do because I can see him. He loves me back. You know? But only later now, I didn't answer that question, by the way. Yeah. I just did redirected it. I thought it was quite a cruel question. But uh, annoying question, not cruel, but... Uh, Annoying, a lot of annoying things yeah. happens when you are grieving, you know. For you, it's annoying. Yeah, they irritate you. Yeah, lots of other funny questions were asked of me at that time, yeah. which is why I wanted to direct it to rework the pain. I think you, you found me at the point of pain. Yeah. Um, and I had to write journals like, like Robert. You did. Well, um, you actually took on the school. And you finished the school and you graduated the Australian School of Ministry, which uh, Robert started, but you took on the full journey yourself. Mm. And you did, you, you've honored him by finishing this, but you also honored your own journey and God above all. That, that, that's why you are so important, because I wasn't thinking of that. I said, I remember meeting you and I said, oh, can I just finish the three units or something? That yes, and then you said, no, that. You started from here, and realize, you didn't realize at that, that, that time it just gave me or saved my life because I just needed a reason to get out of bed. Yeah. You know, for months and days and weeks, and you just didn't know how to continue living. Yeah. And you didn't know, not that you want to die, but you just didn't know how to, where to go, what am I going to do? I know I can't do this anymore. But well, your family's not here, you know, you, you're on your own. Yeah. Um, mm. And you're grieving. And it's painful. And no, nothing prepares you in life for this. It's not like you go to school to get ready for grief. No. Uh, obviously, you've had a good support uh, circle around. You've had some good people around you. You also came to our church, which was quite supportive as well. Yeah. yeah. You also went through a program of... Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, grieving, which has been very yeah. helpful. Yeah, that was. Yes, I did. I knew about it. It was a grief share program. But I think... Yeah, as you said, the, the ASOM course. And then the ministry. We, we went overseas into missions, into Indonesia. That was. 
Um, yeah. It was an excuse for me to get away because I saw the dates. Oh, perfect. It was the time uh, of, of the death anniversary. I, I need to get out of the house. So, yeah. so I said, okay, I'll sign up for this. But it was incredible. Yeah. Come to think of it, it was just so back to back. We did Palu, uh, where, where the tsunami hit. Yes. And what an amazing ministry. We dedicated church there. Yeah. Then we went to Tafet Kanaan. Yeah. And like like Robert, Kalimantan. I do a note every day. Yes. I, I just, so I, I had all my notes yeah. of this real experience. Jungle mission. Yes. In darkness, seeing yes. little kids being saved. Amazing testimony. Amazing. What a, what a. Yeah. The new world of pack. like the, 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 the spirit was yeah. animistic. And so there was other things. I knew where I was going. I could speak yeah. Bahasa Indonesia, but I That's made right. some blunders. I remembered going into the, the, the village with Jeff Hammond. Yeah. And I, I was I wanted to use my Bahasa to speak to these children. And of course I, I already prepared it and so I spoke. Ooh, okay. But because I, I, I spoke in Malaysian Bahasa, yeah. There were this one word that I, I it was a par, par, par four. Uh, a four par, sorry. <laughs> and it was I committed this four par because he said you cannot use budak budak, which is for to call children because yes. it means in Indonesian slaves. Yes. And I call them that. Oh. <laughs> he told me that later. Uh, uh, he, he corrected me later. But I think meeting Jeff Hammond was quite incredible. Yeah. In that Kapit Kanan is a is a little village where uh, all these people who were persecuted come to and where he teaches. Uh, Beautiful. Uh, pastors and so on. Now you also made a commitment to the Lord and were baptized, was baptized as well in our church. Yeah, I did because it was not a baptism, but um, it was immersion. But I, Robert wanted me there. I, I saw the reason for that too. Yeah, which has been tremendous. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. You've journeyed into another level of ministry because now you're ministering to others as well. It's not just Christianity is not something that you do, it's something that you are and yeah. you're sharing your faith more and more, aren't you? I, I would think, this is not going back, of course, but I, I'm not safe for that, yeah. you know, for my to have an everlasting life. But, and if any, you know, if this pain could be reworked into something that can flourish, what I've walked through, it has to be, um, you know. I don't want to waste it. The sorrow. They say don't waste your sorrows. You know, this, you know. And that that book I read was true. I, I was right. Certain. I don't want to wait. It has to be a purpose. Yeah. Why am I going? Why am I spared the lung cancer? Why am I spared this and that? And why did I have such an incredible blissful life before that? For what? And I remember now when the pandemic hit. Okay, the, number one. Uh, I didn't realize. Um, Last year, that the lockdown, I I became depressed for the first week. I I didn't have desire to get up because then I realized, oh, this is exactly the same pattern as when when everybody just vanished. When after the funeral, I was just left alone in this house. And yeah, I had to cope with being silent for weeks and months. It reminded me of that time, and I realized, oh, uh, that's the signs are there. So okay, I now I realize that I got to have manage it a bit better, I got to do things. And suddenly Zoom came in and other people showed up in my <laughs> dining table. And then so on, uh, on from Zoom. And then later on, um, because I didn't say goodbye to Robert, and, and you realize in, in, you're lucky to say goodbye to your loved one on, a, on an iPad yeah. nowadays. Sometimes you just see your, your loved one just disappear into the hospital and never to be seen again. Yeah. And, and to bury them later on. So this is what I thought, why did I go through this experience that I didn't say goodbye? And I I think I can understand, I, I can empathize with anyone who haven't- Who's gone through that same Yeah, chapter. haven't said goodbye to their, to their beloved husband or a loved one. Mm. But the, of course, can you imagine if you are not a Christian and oh. you didn't know, about God and can you imagine Robert not knowing especially with this disease yeah. that they will just squeeze the life out of you and every breath that you have and yeah. not knowing where you're going there'd be so much fear but but Robert wanted to tell everybody mm. and I think it's the same message I, I know his heart yes and his heart maybe I won't be a chaplain of the motorcycle club but I know that we can I can still continue well, you're, to you're, you have your own your own calling 
Yeah, and I know it's to his, you know, we, we have our grandchildren. I think that's very important for us to speak life and and encourage them. So they are from Robert's previous marriage yes. because you didn't have children together. Yeah. What's the legacy you'd like to be known by, by your grandchildren, his adopted grandchildren? Okay, I would, um, you know, I wouldn't go out there and form a legacy, but I would think, I hope God would just, I would just plan a future and I, I pray that God will bless it if it is, yeah. then, it, it would, then, then it will become a flourish as a legacy. Yeah, It's not something I'm going to uh, deliberately do it, but I think with God's help, I, for for the grandchildren, you know, to learn about God and 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 make it an important part of their life. Yeah, and that would be exactly what uh, Dad would want, and and their puppy would want, and that's, I know that's exactly what Robert would want for their lives to make it count, and that would be amazing. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Let me just have that. Good. Yeah, I just want to read maybe one piece yeah. uh, from uh, a di uh, diary of Robert Kieberg. So um, I'll just randomly read one. Tuesday, 8th of August, 2017. Today I was seeking guidance from the Lord regarding area of service when for when I am restored. So he believed in restoration. And the Spirit said, you do not need to wait. Go as you are and preach the message of Jesus. There will be opportunities here and in Malaysia to speak to not only to the sick, but also those who need healing. Wow. Yeah. He used to lay hands on people and they yeah. felt better and they were healed. Yeah. He had that gift. Yeah. You know. Powerful. Yeah. Thursday, 10th of August, 2017. This morning, during my quiet time of prayer and intercession had finished, I began to pray in the Spirit. When the Spirit spoke to me, spoke to me clearly that I needed to pray for Stephen Ong, founding member of New Life Community Church in Malaysia. The Spirit did not indicate why, only to pray for him, so I did. I prayed for the covering of Jesus' blood over him. Wonderful. I mean, it's just amazing to... to and you, you may want to read the last... The very last, the last one. Last posting, yeah. I'll read the that last morning one. I remember I said, I am said I'm gonna write this. Yeah. And you won't believe it, there are about two hundred or almost three hundred of these copies. Have you given we away? Were, we we printed a few because people wanted them. So Friday twenty fourth of November twenty seventeen. That was the last. Yes. It was the morning. But now this is what the Lord says Fear not, for I have redeemed you. Wow. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Isaiah 43 1. In my study of the words, this is probably just an hour and a half before he passed away. No, no, that was in the morning. Oh, this was in the morning. In the morning. I know that he wrote it. A few hours. Yeah, right in the morning before breakfast, he would just type it on. I received this revelation from the Lord. Panic and fear is the product of the trouble. When faced with troubling situations, we go through fear, worry, and then we pray. We need to rid ourselves of this wrong belief that we have been connected, conned into, accepting. We are His. We belong to God. So we must rid ourselves of the wrong thinking of fear, panic and worry and approach God by thanking Him and surrendering to Him in every situation. We rid ourselves of fear and worry, take up our authority in Christ and move that mountain. Matthew 17. Whoa. So he understood he wasn't fearful. No. There's no yeah. panic. Nothing. He was he, in complete surrender to the Lord. Yeah, it was incredible company to be with, you know, because yeah. whoever came into the house just went away with so much encouragement and positive. They came to encourage him, yet they went away more encouraged. For sure. And I miss that person that um, that I can talk to. Yeah. The person that he was. I'm sure. Yeah. That was wow. very powerful. And I, I well, was, this is a really beautiful. That's why I hold this so dear. That yeah, was, it was I, I have, um, um, so yeah. handy for me to retrieve it. And obviously, I've had the privilege to meet Robert and spend some time yeah. with him. He used to come to my classes and just sit there. And you came with him. And yeah. he really enjoyed being part of yeah. the um, yeah, he did. community. And 
he was he desired to save people he was there he was yeah. like a child absorbing every word exactly loved uh, yeah. dr bob uh, bob's teaching yes. as well yeah. he yeah. really followed him suit yeah. so amazing amazing life what a beautiful man and what a beautiful life he's had and what yeah. a beautiful life you have you know he still lives in you yeah he's alive in you very much he'll yeah. never be he's alive in me but in obviously more capacity in you yeah and he's touched many lives and we're I just so, so blessed to have known which him. is why i think going forward it will be that 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 mind that i know that he has that i can't of, of building that that um preaching the gospel in a way that uh glorifies the Lord, you know. That's what he always wanted. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Grace. And thank you for us inviting because I didn't think I have anything to share. I said, why? Oh, you've got so much to share. And I thought, oh. But look, in our greatest pain, that's when the Lord works the most. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, that's how the character of Christ is formed in us through pain. Yeah. In, in the world, we will have trouble. And that is part of life. True. And that's what makes us who we yeah. are today because yeah. we depend on the Lord. True. I, I think this person I am now is, yeah. is a better version of the person I was 10 years ago. If not for these things, if there's the whole purpose for all this, then God be the glory. Yeah. I, I think the future is, is more transforming to do for me. Beautiful. But I'm looking forward. It's good to see you on the other side, in a sense, you know. Yeah. I know you're in a deep valley, but to glorify the Lord even today, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well, friends, what an amazing uh, story. To God be the glory, even in the deepest pain, to lose your life partner and um, just to suffer and grieve and yet to hang on to that hope that we have in Christ Jesus. I don't know what you're going through at the moment, but let me tell you something. There's power in the Lord Jesus, in the restoration that he brings. And as Robert, to his final day, chose to depend on God, not to fear, not to panic, I just pray that you don't give up. And if you're grieving right now, just know that this season will go. Give God the glory and let him deal with you and let him heal you and restore you. And uh, just journey with him because there's much more for you out there. We bless you, we thank you. Share this content with other people who may be needing this content. I'm sure you know some people that need this. Love them by sharing this content with them. Rate, subscribe this uh, podcast, wherever you're consuming it. And come back next time. Bless you from Kingdom Stories from Down Under. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate, and share these stories with your wider community. And remember... Every story is worth sharing, including yours.